This is the Patriots Catch-22 Podcast with Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. I'm Evan Lazar. Evan Lazar. Evan Lazar. Hello, everybody. Nailed it. Joined, as always, by our Barth. That's a bit. That's a match. No risk it, no risk it. 22. Here is Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. Hello, 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 everybody. I'm going to complain for 30 seconds about oh, our job. Mark, I'm gonna come complain. on. This is too quick. It's too quick, NFL. We were just at the Combine. It feels like yesterday that we were just at the Shrine Bowl. The Senior Bowl happens. Now, we didn't even get a full Combine recap show in before we have to start talking about free agency. It, what are we doing? Okay, two things. First off, you don't even say hello. You literally just open the I show said, by saying, I'm going to complain. I said, hello, hello, hello. And then I said, I'm going to complain. <laughs> Typical. And now you're just, we're going to get even more calls from people now about we should do the show twice a week. That's all that's going to do. That was, that was maybe part of it. But I, yeah. I, I, the main thing Welcome is, to the Evan Lazar Complaint uh, Hour featuring uh, Alex Barth. Uh, I mean, Evan doesn't want to yeah. talk about football again because he just did for the last week. Anyway. Uh, I told you this. We I told you this the other day that because they've pushed the Super Bowl a week later because of the uh, the extra game. And remember, it's going to get pushed another we're pushed week. and pushed and pushed because we're pushing everything out. They need to. Ha- we need to have more time. We do. We need to. We need some more time to 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 reset, decompress. Say three hundred sixty five day a year uh, business. Right. End. There but is it, the NFL. Would it hurt anybody if the league year started in two weeks instead of one week from the well, combine? That, well, now you're pushing for agency into the draft. Well, yeah, but you push the draft back. You can't push the draft back. They already did that. No, you can't. No. Because okay. that's all right. All right. It, it, there, the, the two biggest seasons in the sports world, Evan, NFL season is number one. NFL off season is number two. That's fair. That's fair. All right. I just, I think it's a little fast. That's all I'm saying. But we're going to talk about our takeaways from the combine. We're going to wrap up the combine and and do some draft talk here for the first 30 minutes or so. And then we're going to end the show with a little bit of a free agency preview. But I want to start with the combine, Alex. Uh, Both of us were were very attentively watching the combine all weekend long. I I liked your point that you made on your appearance on on Unfiltered at the end there. Uh, If you guys want to listen to that about basically confirming our priors uh, for the most part about this class and yeah. about where the strengths of the class are, but also uh, some of the individual prospects. But I thought the easiest way to do it, we both have our lists, is uh, three up, three down from the combine. So I'll, I'll start. We'll do up first because we're, we're positive people. We're, 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 trying, we're not trying to bash people right out of the gate. So we'll do three up first. I'll give my three up. You can g- give yours, and then we'll do the downs. But uh, I'm going to start with, uh, I think, so are we, wait, hang on. Are yeah. we doing like for like Patriots prospects or just overall? Uh, I, this was mostly overall, but for, okay. But it's it is a Patriots. Well, because like so. Anthony Richardson obviously won the combine, but that doesn't really right. mean no. anything to okay, the Patriots. I hear you. Yeah. yeah so m- probably more Patriots then uh, for my list at least. I can't. Okay. Re- so let's put that disclaimer. Anthony Richardson was excellent, and we move we, on. We liked Ant- everybody liked Anthony Richardson. He is an extraterrestrial playing quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest winner from the combine for me the biggest winner without even running a 40-yard dash was Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State because this wide receiver class and all three I'll say all three of my downs are wide receivers (laughs) all three of them this wide receiver class for 99% of the combine coverage was that Saturday I think it was that they did wide receivers was just a major letdown 
like a major letdown. The one guy other than JSN that I think, and Quentin Johnston too, checked his own boxes with the verticals. He didn't run, but he, he checked some boxes too. It's a major box he didn't check though. Right. The one, the one guy that I think was acceptable was Zay Flowers. I think he was acceptable, but four four two at five nine one eighty is is not exactly what I would have wanted to see, right? Like it's not as good as I would have wanted it. I, I go back to to uh, the two thousand twenty two class with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who were both over six feet tall and both heavier than Zay Flowers, and they ran in the high four threes, right? They were like four three eight and four three nine or something like that. So four four two's moving, but it's not we're not talking about four three speed with Zay. He he passed, right? I, he yeah. didn't he didn't elevate his stock, but he passed. I think the one guy that basically solidified himself as wide receiver one and the a top twenty pick in this draft is JSN. Uh absolutely destroyed the agility drills, right? Like three yeah. cones, six point six seconds, I think was his five, three seven, cone. Six point five. Yeah. It, it just unreal. Uh the on field who had everybody oohing and eyeing and just in you know a fever dream uh, over at Lucas Oil Stadium about how good he looked uh, going through routes and and running the route tree uh, with his quarterback CJ Stroud there throwing him the football a little bit too. I think that he squarely for me put himself in the conversation at 14. Like that was my big take going into the combine was I wasn't sure if any of the wide receivers were going to come out of the combine with me thinking if they took this guy at 14 it would be the right the right pick or the good value or whatever you want to talk call it i think jsn now is in a handful of names that i would put there and say if they came away with him at 14 i'd be good well okay let me ask you this did he take himself out of the conversation at 14 and what i mean higher what i'm right what i mean by that remember last year we were all doing oh jordan davis fall to 21 right and then he ran sub five and it was like yeah there's no shot did he take himself out of the conversation at 14 i think he might have so the Texans are the team, right? They're the ones that have the two first round picks in the top twelve, right? Yeah. I think it's one and twelve or, or two, two and twelve. And if they yeah. end up with Stroud, now you're doing that thing right. where you pair the college right. quarterback with his wide receiver, right? So it's possible. I I could also see the Texans if they do want to go receiver, and let's say they end up with Bryce Young, and it's not the, yeah, the sure. whole college sure. connection thing. Like I, I think Quentin Johnson is more Nick Casario's type, to be honest with you. But uh, I I could see him. Maybe that's. It's either the 12 or he's getting to 14, right? Like, I don't think you have to worry about uh, the Jets at 13. I wouldn't sleep on 11. Who's at 11? Titans. Titans, right. And I know they need a tackle, and I t- yeah. I had them taking wide receiver in my mock draft I put up this week on 985thesportshub.com. Everybody's freaking out. How do you not have the Titans taking a tackle? First off, I did. Scroll to the bottom. They traded back into the first round. <laughs> that, that's cheating. No, it's not. Okay. Very, second of all, you look at the... Like, I know people around here don't follow the Titans super closely. The narrative around the Titans right now is they had a window and they blew it by trading A.J. Brown. Right. John Robinson is, I, I, we don't know what the exact conversation was, but it certainly feels like John Robinson got fired because he traded A.J. Brown. Let's not remember, he got fired after A.J. Brown went off against yeah. them in the regular season this year. It feels like that's the move they need to react to. I know they cut Taylor Lewan. I know they need a tackle. But they can't come away from this draft without a replacement for A.J. Brown. So, But don't internally, and I, I get where you're coming from totally, and I, I'm not going to like nail you for taking yeah. a receiver. In turn, they, they have to think Traylon Burks is that guy. But he wasn't last year. So along those lines, wouldn't 
yes, I think Evan, Jay's, are, are, are we, Jason's a better pair with Traylon Burks than Quinton is. But like, if that's their type, if if the bigger, you know, physical guys yeah. are their type, then I I would think that Quentin Johnston would be their guy. No, but but okay, so this is what I'm saying. Uh, you're saying that the Texans might take Quentin Johnson over Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? Yeah. What if the they Titans take, take Quentin? I gotcha. Right. So that's what like. Right. So it's a down receiver class. We established that yes. at the combine. That could actually push receivers up the board. Because what happens essentially is teams think, all right, well, we're going to have all these options. Suddenly you don't. Yeah. And then it becomes, all right, we have to get our guy because we can't afford to miss because the plan B isn't there. You see this sometimes where a bad draft class actually, like at a position, will actually push certain players up the board because teams panic about missing. Given that there's depth at tackle, given that there's depth at corner, yeah, I think teams may look at it and say, like the Titans are a perfect example where they need a tackle and a receiver. All right, well, we we feel a little better about getting the tackle in the second round. If we don't take Quentin Johnson or Jackson Smith and Jigbler or Zay Flowers, we're in trouble. Yeah, okay. So I actually think even though it was a bad combine for receivers, I actually because it was all of them, right? I actually think the stock collectively ends up going up. Okay, so let's not spend as much time on every single guy because we have a No, but I think that's an important conversation. This is, this is how it goes. The second, my second up is Nolan Smith, who tested, yeah, he's very good. tested like Captain America out there. I mean, it was incredible. He's a little light, right? He's only like 240 pounds high. Two, I think he's like between 235 and 240. Uh, my memory is is crap right now, but he he tested he tested like he should test at 240, right? Ran a ridiculous 40. Tested like he should test at 225. Yeah, just an unbelievable athlete. I, you watch him on film; it's all over his film. The, the get off, the explosiveness, the change of direction to chase down mobile quarterbacks. This is not a big need for the Patriots this year. And I, I just went on this whole thing on Unfiltered about how they don't have the luxury necessarily to draft for two years from now, like maybe they used to in the dynasty days because they, they have do some, some positions. I, I think that there's a very real possibility that they're sitting on, on the clock at 14 and Nolan Smith is the best player on their board. Like he's just the top guy on their board. And I will never fault a team for taking best player available. Never, right? I, that's unless it's. <laughs> Unless it's a guard, right? Hey, I will never fall a team from play, taking best player available. I also look at his skill set, and if he is the guy that you feel like takes over for uh, Josh Uche, right? He's got a, a similar explosive uh, edge presence to him, but I think he's actually a little bit better against the run. I think he comes in a little bit more of a playmaker against the run than Uche. And I, I look at Uche, and I I love Uche. Yeah. But to me, for Bill Belichick. Uh, Josh Uche is a two-down player. He's a guy that tends to pile up stats in the fourth quarter of games where they're in control of the clock and, and they're teeing it off on Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals. I don't look at Josh Uche as the complete edge that Bill Belichick pays, is my point. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. It, he's a good player, but are they going to give him a second contract? I don't – I don't. It maybe – if it doesn't get silly, but if he has another double-digit sack season, then it's going to get silly, right? And I, I don't see him as somebody that Bill Belichick looks at as a three-down player. And I don't know if you give a, a 
a double-digit contract to a guy that's not a, a true every-down player for your defense. So I really like Nolan Smith. Yeah. And uh, the last one is probably my favorite corner in this draft. My draft crush at corner is Deontay Banks from Maryland, who I think basically tested himself into the first round. So I guess yeah. in some ways this could be a down because <laughs> I thought maybe he would be there at 46 for them. I, I don't think he's going to be there at 46 anymore. Well, and we talked about it unfiltered. He's a guy, I think, when we talk about it, we call it the Barmore trade now, yeah. which is trading up in the right. second, and it's a second and two-fourths, which they can do this year yeah very easily do um he's a guy that they maybe bar more he was a little bit shorter than i was hoping for I, yeah I, but he's six foot yeah and maryland i think they had him listed at like six one or six two and he came in at like six and a half right okay. as long as he's I'll six foot it. as long as he's six foot great I think athlete that's what great tape you know checks all those boxes what do you think of keely ringo because i thought he was very impressive too i know you were I, out on him i knew that Ke- but i knew i knew he was going to do that Okay. Well, when it comes to long, you thought he's going to test that well for yes. three six. Yeah, his long speed is At is phenomenal. Six two two whatever. I, I remember hearing about um his track days, yeah. like his hundred meter is like you know in the ten second range. You know yeah. he, he's an insanely fast guy. His problem is is still change of direction. Like he didn't prove to me necessarily that he can change directions or stop uh for that matter at a high level but yeah he he was always gonna fly uh so jsn nolan smith deontay banks are my three ups who are yours Uh, all right so i'm gonna kind of go with the guys maybe later on in the draft if you don't get those guys big winner of the combine that nobody's talking about evan and it's a guy i've been talking about since uh, since september this is not actually i think since august this is not a punter is it no it's not a punter it's when but he does he is very good on special teams Uh. And that is Bryce Ford Wheaton, the wide receiver from West Virginia. How did I not see that coming? 6'4", 221, 4'3", 41-inch vertical, sub-7-3 cone, third-best short shuttle. Evan, they had to go to Calvin Johnson to find a combine comp for him. And I'm not saying he is Calvin Johnson. What? And UDFA I think you need to go watch again. I think you need to go watch again. It's You're it's make me do it, it's like Taekwondo. I made you watch Zach Koontz. <laughs> How'd that go? Yeah. Uh, I I think you know you look at Taekwondo last year was projected as a UDFA test well at the combine. We'll see. <laughs> test well at the combine comes right. back and he you know people go back they look at the tape and all of a sudden he shoots up the board. I'm sorry, if you're that good of an athlete, especially in the modern game where athleticism is becoming so much more a part of it, there's something there. So I'm I'll, not saying I take him in the first round, but there's something there. So is he? in your mind and a true X or is he a big slot? I think he'd probably be best as a true X, but I think you could play him as a big slot and get production. So uh, if you're telling me that Bryce Ford Wheaton, who we saw at the shrine bowl yeah. and ha- has made some good plays on film, I'm just kind of busting your chops about yeah. it. I-, I-, I think that if they, shattered Eric Galco, who said on the show, he'd get DK Metcalf. Yeah. Comps. If he, if you want like a mid round guy that maybe could push to be a starting X receiver one day, and you're not in love with a- yeah. a- a- AT Perry, that, then like I'm, I'm fine with that's the with guy. I'm not look. I'm not saying he's put himself in the first round conversation because he does really only have one year of production. He is kind of raw, but great athlete, very smart football player. Will play on all four downs. Does have some positional versatility. Look, I don't know that he makes sense for the Patriots because if they bring in a receiver, I think there has to clearly be a role for that guy because they have so much depth. But if there's a team, like, all right, perfect example, like the Bengals. Yeah. Who can kind of just fit him in where they need him and let him grow. Yeah. would He, he would thrive there, right? So. All right, who's your next guy? Uh, I think he'd be great. Um, my next guy on the, this one's actually a, a top of the draft guy. I was blown away by Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, that guy's, I just, that guy's smooth. 
it, it that's the word smooth. I mean, he looks like he's on skates butter. when he's moving across the field. Yeah. Everything he does looks effortless. And I don't mean in the sense that he's not trying, but like, no, it, it looks like he's not trying. Right, he ran the forty. <laughs> it looked like looks, he was jogging. He ran yeah. a four three eight. Well, his sisters are like track stars. Yeah, too. yeah. yeah. Those, those Gonzalez's can fly. He just, but it's it, there's some guys who run four three, but you can tell they're really like fighting it. Yeah, it did, everything Christian Gonzalez did. He seemed super comfortable. He didn't even look like he was thinking about it. And that's I, like... I, I just don't understand how that guy's not a top five pick in this draft. Like, I don't understand how there's not more buzz about well, he might him. be now. Yeah, about that, because I get the quarterbacks, like, push people down, yeah. right? But I I, to- I mean just top five pure talent. Like, not take the position well, out we of do it. this all the time. We were the five right. most talented players in the draft. He might be up there. His film is outstanding. I mean, he plays press. He plays off. He plays zone. He plays match. Yeah. He plays man. He plays everything at a high level. He's got great awareness. He's got decent ball skills. I think that's like maybe the one thing that you could look at and say, okay, like he's going to have to contend at the catch point a little bit better than what he did in college. But if that's the only thing that you have to fix at the NFL level and the guy's in position nine times out of right. 10, like what are we talking about here? And, and by the way, he's 6'2", the so he'll, yeah, yeah. he's and not going to be in that spot that often. I, I'm telling you, that that he's got outstanding film and he's an outstanding athlete i don't know what more people want yeah i mean we talked a lot and we did our combine preview show right about sorting things out all right we have this bunch of guys at this position and we know that they're the top group collectively but how do they sort out within each other uh i don't have much of a question about the top of the cornerback board yeah. anymore look yeah. joey porter i thought was good nice player uh, deontay banks was good i thought darius rush from south carolina was i was more yeah. impressed with him than cam smith to be honest yeah he's a good player um but Christian Gonzalez looks like a five-year right, NFL and then we pro. didn't get to see De- Devin Witherspoon. Unfortunately, we did. You're right. We didn't get to see Devin Witherspoon, so maybe him. But, but. he doesn't have Gonzalez's size, right? Like he he came in yeah. at like five eleven. Did he come in that yeah. small? Yeah, Witherspoon's smaller. I think Witherspoon's best role in the league is going to be nickel. I uh, and I mean that as a uh, like he can be an all-pro right. level nickel. But I, I just I it's don't like know. Clark. Yeah, I don't know if he's like a true right. outside. He came guy. in at five eleven because they had him listed at six one. At yeah, Illinois, yeah, so. he's smaller. And then my final one, because you know I kind of got to go off the map, Evan. Uh, just the tight end position as a whole, they all killed it. You, I mean, you they just were had to do that. They were all excellent because I'm not. Yourself. I can't choose between Darnell Washington and Zach Kuntz because I was so right about both of them, and you were so disgusted. I encourage people I to told go you back why to the combine I was and look disgusted it up. Disgusted because of the Old Dominion. You were no disgusted offense, with no Darnell Washington too. You wanted yeah. nothing to do with Darnell. So Darnell Washington. Washington, and I told you, I remember the. I said, you say he's too slow. And I said, what time does he, he have to run? He doesn't run like that on film, though. He doesn't. But It's bizarre. And we talked about this because this, it wasn't his role at Georgia I because sent they you, had Brock Bowers. He came I in. I know, but I sent you the clip of him running the seam. Yeah. I, I sent it. I texted it right to you, and I was like, this guy's – like, he's – Maybe it was because he wasn't full, running full speed and he was sort of pacing it out, but he just did not look like he was taking but, off uh, at listen, all. Listen, I don't think it's just that. He played at Georgia at 275. He came in at 264. Right. He wasn't the tight end one at Georgia. It was Brock Bowers. Yeah. And really, Eric Albert factored in there as well. So he was basically a tackle at Georgia is what you're Right. I me. think he probably spent the last couple months getting himself more in shape to be a wide receiver. And it showed like, yeah. and I, I, I said this on that show. I think he probably put more of an effort into training for the 40. I don't, he's not going to be the same play. Teams aren't drafting him into the NFL to play the way he did at Georgia. And he has to change his body type a little bit accordingly. And I think you saw the results of that. Let's not That's forget. Fair. He also had 
decent agility drills. Yeah, no, he killed it. So I, I think, I think he came. He spent the last couple months reinventing himself. He didn't go to any of the All Star games. Yeah. Worked on his own. I think he spent the last couple months kind of trying to get himself into more of a tight end one compared to that extra tackle, and you're seeing it work. He definitely came in lighter than I expected too. I thought he was yeah. going to be 275, 280. So I, I, I think he lost some weight to run well and move well at the combine, and and maybe that does end up translating it just it he had to me the the couple of things that you noticed uh, about him as a receiver was good body control catch radius yeah. you know he had the ability to make catches outside his frame with his length and with his body uh contorting his body and, yeah and, and, i mean and that was impressive for a guy that big i just didn't see that four six coming like that speed i just didn't see there and I look i think if he ran it at the end of if he ran it you know after the national championship i don't think he runs a four six i'm right. gonna guess that's something he worked on but if he can do that we all know what a threat he's going to be in the red zone. Yeah. You go back and watch the blocking drills when all the tight ends were hitting the sled. Right. Everybody was struggling, and then he just puts the thing on ice. Like, yeah, yeah he was very so impressive. He Patriots, might be in the first-round conversation now. I, I don't know where we're at with the Patriots anymore in terms of what they look for because Mac Rose in his position and Bill Belichick's maybe evolved. But right. the, the Dan Graham, Ben Watson, Rob Gronkowski Patriots draft Arnell Washington – 10 yeah. times out of 10. Well, that was the comp they put up right. during the combine broadcast. Wrong. And I felt kind of silly saying that a couple of weeks ago, but you watched the way tacklers bounce off of them. Yeah. Looks a little familiar. Yeah, that Oregon play. All right. Uh, did you do three? No. You have one. That was my third. No, it was oh, uh, Bryce oh, right. Ford, Wheaton, Christian whole, Gonzalez, and the tight ends. All right. So let's uh, clear the board here and take some calls. 855-PATS-500, and then we'll do our downs yeah. afterwards. Uh, Raj, thanks so much for calling in. You've been holding on from Unfiltered uh, to talk to us, and uh, we really appreciate that. Say hello to the flagship show. No, the flagship hey. show is right here. Raj, what's up? Hey. Thanks. Have a day, Derek. I'm a long-time listener for both the shows. Oh, thank you. I'm more comfortable following this show because I used to follow this show right from Pretty Express first days. And I still follow with Alex and Mike there. Oh, thank you. I I was comfortable talking in this show more. The access and those things than that one. Sorry for that. (laughs) No, perfectly uh, fine. Against them, against those guys. (laughs) So, uh, actually, my question is, and it's not a question, it's like a discussion point. I see there is a lot of disrespect for the Patriots in the division, the way the betting odds have came out and everything. I know that Jets are making the moves and Dolphins are making moves and wins are bills. But if you see the Patriots' track record, they are been a few plays away with double-digit wins every season. Just two, three plays away. Even in the Cam Newton time as well, they were just three plays away winning 10 games that season. And from this team perspective, what I feel is uh, this team is just lacking confidence in winning those big games. They are so close winning so many games and yet they lose at the end. That's what they need to figure out. So uh, what I feel is the plan should be instead of grabbing this mid-level players, they need to. Uh, they are at a time, They are in that phase now to hit a big-time player. Like just find the stars, like Premier Edmonds or Jesse. Bates. Just go after the players who can take care of their position. And we we have all the other secondary level of players to take care of and play around them. Uh, that's how I feel at it. Uh, I would like to see your thoughts. 
Awesome. Yes. Thanks yeah. for the call, thanks Raj. The call. We appreciate that. And it's a good point. I think that's where we're all at right now with this team, which is I, I like some of their depth pieces. Yeah. I, I like their roster for the most part, but they are missing the, those star pieces. And I, I think the other thing that he mentioned was just that confidence yeah. that I, I think Brady really gave them, to be honest right. with you. But that confidence that I brought up on the last, I brought up 28 to three, like, this team, I, I don't think, has the confidence to go into halftime at the Super Bowl down a 21-3 and then 28-3 early in the third quarter and say, it's all right, guys. We got this. Yeah. You know, We're going to come back. We're going to win this game. That sort of confidence and that sort of uh, just uh, you know belief in yourself, I think, comes more when they go out and they trade for a DeAndre Hopkins and they sign a Tremaine Edmonds and they, uh, you know, elevate their roster where they have some star players that that can go out and just say, I'm just better than the guy that's lining up across from me and I'm going to make it happen for us. And I, I, they might not have enough of those players right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think we, they've, they've got like the, the secondary pieces in place. Now go out and get like the, you know, the guys at the top right. of the depth chart, you're in good shape. Right. And that's why we, I think we're both on the camp of, of, hating a, a trade down for right. the most part is because at 14, you, you hope you can come away with one of those pillars, you know, one of yeah. those guys builds building blocks. Sean in Vancouver. What's going on, Sean? Hey, guys. good to speak with you again. I have a, a couple of questions. One question I have, and maybe you don't have the answer, but hopefully you do. Are the Patriots going to be doing anything in terms of coaching for special teams, uh, like changing Cam Acord or adding help there? Because, they were really awful in special teams, and I, I don't see anything improving uh, if they have the same coaching in, in place. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair question, Sean. Thanks for the call. Uh, so from everything that we've seen just on the outside looking in, we are out at the Shrine Bowl, you and I, Alex, and uh, yeah. Cam McCord and Joe Houston, uh, who's the assistant special teams coach, they were out there with the team at the Shrine Bowl coaching special teams. I went to the Combine. I saw both of them. They're out there meeting with special teamers. So those two guys are in place and are going to remain in place. I think the one wild card is, does Joe Judge start to gravitate back towards the kicking game a little bit and at least just offer some influence or offer some help on special teams? But Cam McCord is going to be your special teams coordinator next year, and your assistant coach is going to be uh, Joe, Joe Houston. I don't think that's changing uh, yeah. in terms of titles. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think those are those are the guys going forward. And does Joe Judge advise there? Does he get an official title there? We'll see. But I don't think there's anybody else from outside coming in, and I don't think either of those guys – I know some people have wondered about uh, Cam Acord's job security. If they were going to get rid of him, they would have done it already. He's here. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's happening quite yet. And uh, I, I do look at Joe Judge, though, and I wonder if maybe he's somebody that is more of a floater in terms of where he's coaching next year. Yeah. And maybe he touches a little bit more on special teams than, than he does anywhere else in the building. All right, Patty from Agawam. Patty. Hey, before I get to my point, let me just say I'm totally on board if you guys want to go twice a week, you know. <laughs> I can't get enough of the catch-22. Appreciate um, it. So I'm going to preface this, and Alex, I want to have a little point-counterpoint with you because I don't like arguing with people. That's okay. not my style. Um, but I'm going to preface this my point by saying out of the two players I'm going to bring up, I want Jerry Judy. Um On Patriots' feet, the last one you did on Tuesday, you said that DeAndre, um, sorry, Judy would be a better system fit for DeAndre Hopkins. My point is, Hopkins played six years under Bill O'Brien's system. Now, granted, hopefully, like the 
system that he brings in here is going to evolve and do a little Alabamification, as you guys like to say. And um, Judy only played, I don't even think, was, was he, did he play one season with Mac Jones? Or was basically Tua his quarterback for, for a couple of years? And I just want to know where you're kind of coming from, where you see Judy as a better system fit. And like I said, I would prefer Judy over Hopkins. Yeah, so uh, Judy uh, played half a season with Mac when Tua got hurt his last year there, and Mac stepped in at the end of, I think it was like four or five games. Um, system fit, it's funny. I actually thought about that comment after I said it. System fit was probably the wrong phrase to use. I, basically, what I mean is I think they need a guy in the slot. They need a guy who can put up massive numbers, could be a volume receiver in the slot. That, I, th- I think, I would be the Patty best addition. Yeah. Sorry, um, Patty. Sorry, Patty. Um, it's a, no, it's a fair question. Um, I basically just think they need a slot machine guy, a guy that's just yeah. going to go in the slot and get 120 targets. DeAndre Hopkins isn't doing that. He's probably more familiar with Bill O'Brien's system. Like Patty said, he played there. And obviously, look, he succeeded in that offense, but that was four or five years ago at this point. I just, I'd rather see them get the slot receiver, and that's Jerry Judy. So I, I'm coming around more to the DeAndre Hopkins trade just because I think he's the best receiver that we've heard that's available. That's right? hey, Look, I'm not I, I don't against know if Jerry Hopkins. Judy is actually but, available, but... I, what I do love too about the Jerry Judy thing, I agree with your point about uh, the slot and in the yeah. route running and stuff. But he's just younger, and he's twenty three. He has upside. I love the idea. He's three years younger than Jacoby Myers. Of pairing, when you look at like what the Bills did with Stephon Diggs or what the Eagles did with AJ Brown, like th- those guys were hitting their second contracts when they were acquired. You know, Hopkins is much further down the line here, and, and that does have some concern for me is that you're acquiring a a 31-year-old receiver. Right. There's no upside here. You're getting no. him on the back end. And, and it's great that he's going to be – I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl All-Pro talent for the first year or two yeah. that he's here, and that's great. Uh, but I don't know if that – you really want somebody, ideally, that's growing with Mac Jones instead of somebody right. that's just a ready-made thing like Hopkins. All right. Eldred, what's up, Eldred? Eldred, you're Hey, uh, hey. Evan hey. and Alex, how y'all doing? Good. Hey. Okay, good. I got a question for you. Then I'm gonna take it off the air. All right. Uh, let's say all the tackles are gone. Okay. At 14, you see Jared, uh, Joey Porter, Quentin Johnson, uh, Gonzalez, and uh, Edgeworth Russia sit there at 14. Which one are you taking? And I'll take it off the air. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Eldred. I'm going, I'm going Christian Gonzalez. Gonzalez. He's the best player there. Yeah, I'm going Christian Gonzalez. So I'll do this because I appreciate the call, Eldred. I don't know if Gonzalez is going to be there. I would right? be shocked so, if he's So there. if it's Joey Porter Jr. versus Quentin Johnston versus, let's say, Nolan Smith, because I know he's yeah. an edge rusher. Like, let's those three guys. Let's Joey take, Porter. Let's take Gonzalez out of it because I don't think he'll be there. I'd still take Joey Porter. I think he's the best of those. I think he's the best player of those three for this team right now. Yeah. You know, Quentin Johnson, we have our reserves about, and and I don't think he's a scheme fit. Nolan Smith down the road might end up a better player than Joey Porter, but who's helping him more in 2023? Yeah. I'm with you. I like Joey Porter as well. All right. We got a very special caller that's on the screen. And you got to keep it PG, Mr. Amos. All right. You're on the air, Bradley. What's up, Bradley? Hey, uh, you know. First time, long time here. Yeah. Um, I just needed to say, Evan, Uh-oh. he's just been covering both sides this entire draft process. <laughs> so two weeks ago, he's saying how much he loves the um, Northwestern tackle. I say, hey, he might be a guard. He goes, he's not a guard. 
instantly starts his mock draft saying, like, you know, this guy might be a guard. Like, <laughs> he's it. playing both sides. And then we go to Indy. We have a great time at the Combine. He's spending all day Friday saying, hey, this isn't a wide receiver draft class. By the time the plane lands, he's saying if we don't take JSA at 14, it's the end of the world. So I just need to say, Evan, playing both sides a little bit here. Okay. Thank, so thank that's you a for great call. call. That's, great a, call. that's an excellent call. Let me fill the listeners in on something. Evans, I'm hanging up on Bradley. Evans, I, I know, but I want to make sure Bradley hears this. I hope he's still listening. And if not, if somebody in his office could play it back for him. Evans' favorite prospect at any given time, and it's been this way for years, is the last prospect he watched. Absolutely. Evans' draft coverage is based almost entirely on recency bias. 100%. So, Except for like... There's like two or three guys that I just love from the. There's jump. guys that will hang around, but yeah. no, but like those yeah. guys are always in the background. So it's right. I, Evan always says they should draft, insert the last player he watched, and then if not him, and then he has two or three fallback guys. But Evan's <laughs> favorite player in any given draft is the last player he watched. Remember, we went through the Cody Mock phase a couple weeks ago. I love Cody. How's Mock. that? Go, right. So that's a hog molly. You know, it's it's the scene from. Um, that's it's, a road grader. It's the scene from Goodwill Hunting. Remember where they're in the bar and they're arguing and he's like, yeah. oh yeah, of course you say that. You probably just read this book and you'll be in here regurgitating it yeah. until next week and then you'll read Gordon Wood and then you'll <laughs> be telling us that Gordon Wood was right and then you'll come in here in a couple weeks you'll have read another book. That's Evan. E Evan is the guy with the ponytail from Goodwill Hunting <laughs> when it comes to NFL draft coverage. The last thing he with saw, the face of he Matt loves Damon, it. Though, let's face it. But Bradley, great call. You're 100% right that I love, I love playing the fence or, or playing both sides. That way I'm always right. Like that, that that's the best way. Oh, you mean Peter Skaronski, the Patriots drafted him and he turns out he's a guard. So now I you're Mac from always sunny. Right. I mean, you just, that's how you're always, you cover your bases. That's how you do it in the draft because guess Stand what? Stand for something, Evan. Nobody knows. Stand for Nobody something. Nobody knows what's going to become of any of these guys. So you, you play both sides. You tell the whole story and you let the cards fall where they may. Uh, so this is a good teeing off point though, because I think there is a couple of guys every year, as you mentioned, that just stick around as guys that I just love and I'm always, I'm going to love throughout. So uh, I think that is, maybe I should give some names, right? I think there's yeah. a couple guys here. That I love from the beginning. To I'd, be fair, I think JSN is one of JSN's them. JSN's one of them, 100%. Yeah. My number one graded wide receiver from the jump. I've loved JSN the entire time. I was... I just needed to see it in the combine to believe that it was real, to to believe in myself, in my eyes, that I was like, yeah. I am seeing what I am seeing. I, I think I've been on Christian Gonzalez pretty high for the most part the whole time as well, and I, I do love Skaronsky. Skaronsky, I, I Would you I draft him at tackle? Would you draft him at 14 to play I would tackle? draft him at tackle. I'd at play 14? him at tackle at 14? at 14. I don't want to hear it about arm length. Look at the guy's feet. Look at the guy's makeup. Look at the guy's ability to move people off the line of scrimmage in the run game. I think he plays a great technique. I think he has great feet. I think he has great athleticism. If you're going to get caught up in things like arm length, we're going to be here for a long time, right? Like every single guy has one of those blemishes on his on his draft uh, card. That's why nobody is a, a, a sure thing. It's why everybody's got something. Even yeah. the, the top prospects, like even Will Anderson ha has something. That is like, uh, I don't love this about his game, though, right? Like, everybody, you can do that about every single player. Yeah. So, I think those three guys, Skaronsky, JSN, Gonzalez, are 1-1-1 one, one, and one on my board. Uh, I, I wouldn't say Skaronsky is my number one tackle, but just a guy that I believe in. That you're, you're, it's always going to be, I like the last player I watched, and also... Peter Skaronsky and Jordan Addison. Yeah, so this or, is, or in JSN, JSN. Sorry, JSN. So the, yeah. the the one guy that is totally recency Evan recency bias is uh, Laporta from Iowa. You are really into Matt Laporta lately. I love Laporta. 
I love him. Until you watch Zach Koontz. Yeah, and then I, you know, I, I don't want to use the comp on, on Patriots.com. All right? He's it's athletic. A, he's very athletic. He's a very athletic, quick, sudden, tight end. Uh, hopefully you kind of get my gist. I love Laporta. That's a recency bias from 110%. Uh, I, I, I've been looking at the back end of that tight end, you know, Schoonmaker, Koontz, Laporta, yeah. like that part of the tight end class, and I, I'm gravitating towards Laporta. So here's the thing, though, because you, you, you don't, talk about draft prospects until february so you correct so i'm playing catch up the whole time but not you don't have any history is my point i've been in on josh Downs since september (laughs) i've been in on dewan jones since september i've been in on jordan battle jake moody i wrote about these guys in september the point being those are my guys that like that's my like those are guys that I will keep coming so back to. So to bring this all home, yeah. Full disclosure, uh Bradley who just called in is one of our very talented I, ruined the, video the guys. Okay? So he he's he's somebody that works with us and I keep on telling him that he needs to pull up a chair and sit at the mic because he knows about as much college football as you do, Alex. Like he's right. he's a, a whiz when it comes to college football. Went to TCU, worked at TCU for a little while. Uh, so he's a he's a frog. Even I though think he everybody upstairs except for you likes college football. Oh yeah, he does. He does a ton. We watched the combine together. Uh, you guys got to start like well. holding him to the mat a little bit more with college football. All right, uh, let's let's get through the rest of these calls. Phil Natick, what's up, Phil? Yeah, hi. Uh, hey. This is a question for Evan. Evan, in a recent podcast, I thought I heard you say that you, quote, guaranteed that uh, uh, Matt Bro did not make the Cole Strange pick, which actually made me happy because I think it was a <laughs> dumb pick at the time, and I'd hate to think he's in charge of things. So if he didn't do it, who did? Okay, so I just want to preface this very clearly. I have no inside information on this. That that it, I am not concrete, one hundred percent sure. That was just like a take of mine. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, I, the Cole Strange pick feels like a Bill pick to me. It feels like a Bill Belichick pick. They needed a guard. He, I think, looks at it at least recently based off his recent draft record of what's the biggest hole on my roster right, right. now, regardless if, of position. If we had to go out and play a game on Sunday. Where would I feel the worst about on my team? I think he felt it was guard. I what I think does happen a little bit in this process as I've gotten to know some of the the uh, the process and the, and the people involved a little bit more is I I do think that Grow is the one that's doing the fact finding right. Like I think that in a lot of ways Grow comes to Bill and says here's a hundred guys that we really like, and yeah. then Bill goes through the film himself and then he ends up picking the guys that he prefers in that group of a hundred. So I, I personally think that the guy always, always when it comes to the draft, the guy that has the final say is Bill Belichick. I, I don't think that anybody else is in control of Except that. Except for word. Trey Nixon. That was Ernie Adams. Except for Trey Nixon, that was Ernie <laughs> Adams. But when it comes to the final, we're handing in the card to the league. This is who we're taking. I, I still think that the buck starts stops with Bill Belichick and it always will as long as he's the head coach. I, I hope that well, answers your question. It's, it's crazy they uh, he he had just traded Jack Mason Mason to get a sixth round pick and now they're spending it on uh, a guy that everyone else thought would be a third round choice out of Chattanooga. 
Yeah, no, totally, Phil. And and I, that was my whole thing with, and thanks for the call. That was my whole thing with the Cole Strange pick from the beginning was I everybody, I think, got misconstrued that I was going off about Cole. I, it has nothing to do with Cole Strange, right? It just has to do with the fact that you're trying to compete with Buffalo and Cincinnati and Kansas City and Miami, and now you're trying to compete potentially with the Jets if they get Aaron Rodgers, and you're taking guards from Chattanooga in the first round of the draft. Like, they just need to move the needle more than that. And that was my entire thing. All right, Willem and Philem. What's up, Will? What's going on, Evan? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Um, just want to uh, say something to your partner in crime next hey. to you, uh, Alex. I'm I'm also a fan of y'all. I've been watching y'all since y'all was on, like, doing YouTube and whatnot, and now you big time. Now you have <laughs> the catch swing, too. And, you know, I'm just a big fan of both of y'all. Seriously. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Keep, up, keep the good work up. And, uh, my question, not so much a question. I basically, I'm a, I just want to piggy bank off of what you just said, Evan. So, are you just a little bit worried too about you know, even though Bill gets the last say and whatnot, are you just a little bit worried this this year for this uh, draft and also free agency of who Bill's going to bring in? Yeah, who is he going to pick? I'm not as worried about free agency because I think free agency. We know who these players are in the league for the most part. I think one of the biggest things with the free agency class a couple years ago is that they – for a guy like Johnny Smith, for example, Johnny Smith's been the same guy that he was in Tennessee for the Patriots, pretty much, right? Like, I, I don't, I just think that they thought that there was more untapped potential and more upside there that there might not, like, he's, his stats, besides maybe touchdowns, which he had that one big touchdown season with the Titans, yeah. have been pretty consistent throughout his entire career. What are you smirking about? Uh, so I, I got something yeah. uh, from a source here, Evan. <laughs> a source called Bradley Amos? I, I got something from a source. Uh, yeah. Who's your comp for Deuce Vaughn in this draft? Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. I don't remember from what Kansas I said. Kansas State, the running back? Yeah, yeah. I know who Deuce Vaughn is. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. what I said. Did you Did you ask him about Darren Sproles? I probably did. Yeah, yeah, they're like very close. Yeah, so I you watched no, a single Kansas no, State game this year. No. You know that. But it, these are the things you don't see so, on film. So free agency, I'm not as worried about. To get back to the the point, yeah, free agency, I'm not yeah. so worried about. The draft, I'm still worried about. I'm still worried about yeah. because when they in in 2021 they went with the chalk draft, like is what I like to call it. Mac yeah. Jones, Christian Barmore, Perkins, Ramondre. Yeah. Not all, Perkins hasn't mm-hmm. worked out yet, but we're talking about Alabama, Oklahoma, like big time programs, guys that we know, yeah. names that yeah. we know. But then they also had the Duggar draft and they had the Cole Strange draft. So I, I'm not sure where we're going I'll, with the draft. Well, it's every other year at this point. So this year yeah. is a, a big school year. Um, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I would say, I I think. As and this isn't even like a Patriots thing. If you're a fan of any team and you feel great about your team going into the draft like two months ahead, you're kidding yourself. It's can I say? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Just uh. Just uh, I gotta break this down in basically two ways. So this is from both of y'all. So Alex, I like um the right. I think is he a right tackle? One not from Ohio State, Dewan. Dewan Jones. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm with you all the way with him. Okay. Love and, it. Uh, Evan, I'm with you on JSN. He is, oh my God, he's nuts. <laughs> oh yeah, you Ohio he's State fan or? I. Yes. There we go. Yeah. There we go. My college teams. Yes. <laughs> One of them. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for calling okay, take in, care, gentlemen. Thanks for calling right, in. Thank you. I uh, look. I JSN's just he 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 looks the part. He's he's a good looker. You know, you look at the uh-huh. route running. You look at the quickness. I, I've always said that I think that the, the what the Patriots should do. 
And this is where I think they've ran into problems with the wide receiver position yeah. at the top of the draft. And I, I'm not ready to give up on Taekwon yet either, but I'm throwing Taekwon in that as well. The, I've always said that the Patriots should look for first round Julian Edelman. Like who's the who's the guy that has a lot of the same traits as Julian Edelman, yeah. but is somebody that has that first round pedigree and that first round talent. And I look at a guy like JSN and, and isn't that that's JSN to a well, T. Okay, but so let me ask you this. Is that guy in the draft every year? Maybe. I, I it's don't, a fair point. But I, don't I don't know, know that there's a player that fits that mold better than JSN since, I mean, when could we realistically have started having this conversation? 2020? Yeah, I, I don't think that he fit the mold exactly as to how I just described it. Yeah. And I get that it's easy to say in hindsight, but you, you remember, like, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin, yeah, it's different. I, but I think Justin Jefferson was I, – I see a lot of the, the suddenness and the change of direction at a, at six feet tall for JSN. I think Justin Jefferson's might be like 6'1". Okay, he but, might be a little bit bigger. But I, I see both of them. The way that they move is very similar well, Let's even do this. Edelman was still here in 2020. So realistically, you start having that conversation in 2021, maybe Kadarius Toney. Yeah. But he's not quite like he's he sort was of more, a different player. Yeah, he's more like a gadgety, shifty guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, JSN, it, none of the guys really last year. I mean, they weren't going to have a shot at Alave. Maybe it was Chris Long that they going to take him. Right. That's the other thing I think with JSN is that you are in a position in this draft to, to take him. Like, I, I, right. in other drafts, you might not have been if in If they'd that made spot. the playoffs, JSN wouldn't have been in play. Right. So you're actually in position to take them. But that's – I've always said that about receivers with the Patriots, and that's why I haven't been super in on Quentin Johnston for them, is just you know the type of, of receiver that works for you, right? Like, right. you know the type of body type, the type of movement, the type of route running, uh, the position that he plays. Like, go out and get – Deion Branch again. Like, Deion Branch was a second-round pick. Right. You know, go out well, and get Deion so, Branch. So, okay, could you – because obviously Julian Edelman's a lofty, lofty comparison. Your same take, but replace uh, Julian Edelman with Jacoby Myers. So, I think that JSN is Jacoby Myers with higher upside, right? Okay. Like, he's with higher physical specimen-type yeah. tools, right? And that, yeah. that's the whole – that's what I'm chasing. I'm not chasing – uh, you know DK Metcalf like right. I'm not chasing like the next great outside receiver I'm chasing the guy that I'd say uh, this is the fit this is a match this is exactly what you want in a Patriot receiver and that's the guy and I think yeah. that he's going to be right there for him to take him too so I'd, I would be disappointed if they pass it on him let's see who they take right if they take somebody that I like too I won't be that disappointed I, I but. still feel like I mean it's close maybe 55-45 I still think, you know, if I had to choose right now, is he on the board at 14 come that night? I don't think he is. Okay. I, I, I hope you're wrong because I hope they take him. All right, Jonathan. What's up, Jonathan? What do you ultimately think the Patriots will do in the offseason comes to signing players and drafting players? That is a very broad question. I mean, that's the whole show. You're right. That's, that's what, what we're, we're doing, doing here. But I, it's a good we're question. We're going to use it as a transition, Jonathan, and thanks for the call. Uh, we never did our three down at the combine. We didn't. Never did we're, down. We're, we didn't do down. I know. Uh, we're going to get to it. Right. I, I do want to pose a couple questions that we can answer a little bit more quickly that Jonathan, you know, just kind of right. teed up for us here. So the first, I have some burning questions about free agency. All right, and uh, I sent you these ahead of time so that you could you could prep some answers here because yeah. they're a little specific. All right. So the first burning question for free agency that I have is. What is your max contract 
for Jacoby Myers? Like, what's the ceiling that you're willing to offer Jacoby Myers to come back to the Patriots? $12 million a year. So I'm at that three for 37 and a half, which is like $12.5 million okay. a year. Three for 12 and a half. Obviously, I, you know, the guarantees and all that kind of stuff is beyond my 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 math capabilities right now, yeah. but something around there. And I, I just want to put it out there because, and you could agree with me or disagree with me, but I think some people take that as a lot of money. Yeah. No, so that's not a lot of money well, anymore. Where I'm getting 12 million from is Phil Perry reported the expected range for right. Myers is 12 million to 15 million. Right. That's right where I'm at. So that's where the 12 comes from. I look. I think Jacoby's a really talented player, but that Belichick is on my love to use. It's not about collecting talent; it's about building a team. Right? They need more explosion, right, out of the wide receiver spot. In the reality, and look, you could add an explosive player and bring Jacoby back, but there's only so many snaps to go around. Now you have new wide receiver. You have Jacoby Myers. I, I can't do another year for them not playing Kendrick Bourne. Right. You got. Uh, um, Parker Thornton. Well, I was going to say Thornton, who you still have to develop, you have to play. Maybe Devontae Parker's a cup candidate come this so summer. That, but that's, like, that's the way I look at it is that you come out of the summer feeling this is our top three. Yeah. Right? It's number uh, one receiver. It's Jacoby. It's your number three guy between the, those three. Bo- Parker, so Bourne, and, and Tyquan. Yeah. And then you keep one as your fourth guy in case somebody gets hurt, obviously, for depth. And then the fifth guy ends up being a casualty. I, I guess you could. I just, it's it's a lot of snaps to go around. It's a lot of money because you got to pay. I guess if you draft JSN, it's different, but you can't really. If you draft JSN and sign Jacoby Myers, can you have both of those guys on no, the field at the I, same time? I think time? those two guys right? are a little bit redundant. So it, and, and I know it sounds dumb to say, He's a good player, but does he fit on the depth chart? But there's well, only... Well, let me give you what, what Deuce says, which I think is spot on. He moves the chains, yeah, but he doesn't move the needle. Yeah, I, it's not and, even that. I just And there's a room for that guy on your team. Right. But there's only so many snaps to go around for everybody. Yeah. And you want to be efficient, and you want to have pieces that fit together. And I just think it's really tough if you bring back Jacoby Myers to then figure out how you're still adding that explosive piece unless it's purely banking on Tyquan Thornton taking that next step. Yeah, I just think that I look at it... And, and, and I sorry, I would add, too, like, all right, so that's $12 million. Let's say they trade for Hawkins. That's another $18 million, call it 19. against the cap. 18 yeah. 19 against the cap, right? So that's now almost $40 million, right? At, at wide receiver. In real dollars, not in cap dollars necessarily, but in real dollars. Okay, but the point is, like, let's call it like $7 million in cap for Myers. That's still yeah. a lot... Take that seven million, put it. You're you're already investing a lot of money in wide receiver. I'd rather take that seven million, put it somewhere else. Yeah, right. That, that's totally fair. I I just think that you have to look at it. If you're the Patriots, I do think you need to look at using two premium assets of yours on receivers. Either, I don't think it has to be two if you get I the just, right kind of wide receiver. I just think that it has to be. A first round pick or a top fifty pick, I yeah. should say, and I would want to use some cap space on a receiver too. Okay, well, but that can be like that could be like Hopkins, right? Where you trade if it's for Hopkins and... is the same guy. Okay, right. but but let me ask you this: So you're saying premium pick? How would you feel about Hopkins in like 
were Kim Jerry or Hopkins yeah. and Charlie Jones. Right. No, I was going to bring up Charlie Jones because that uh, that might be the slot guy, right? You know, that might right. be the guy. I wouldn't that, call that a premium pick. No, I wouldn't necessarily either. You know, I, I've been on Laporta. I'll continue with right. Laporta. Like maybe he's the, you know, maybe you draft a tight end that's a chain mover, right? You right. know, something like that. I, I, I'm totally for those scenarios. So yeah, I, so you don't have to use two premium assets. I on guess. A wide well, you, if you're trading for Hopkins, you're using the top fifty and you're using caps. Oh, uh, so. okay. I get what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying. Okay, you need to use two assets, but you don't need two players. It doesn't need to be two players. Okay, yeah. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Okay, next one here. I actually really like this free agent tackle class. It's I, a lot to like. I think I really like it. The OT class I'm talking about, of course. Would you rather – Would you a nice would you rather game. Mm. Would you rather pay a right tackle, yeah. McGlinchey, McGarry, Jawan Taylor, a couple of good options there. Would you rather pay a right tackle – or draft a right tackle. Well, the right tackle in the draft is Dewan Jones. It is Dewan Jones. Everybody knows how I feel about. Uh, that's the question, though. This is why I asked to pose the question because it's a good question. <sighs> well, I, I'm okay. If they are only going to add one tackle, I would rather them draft. Okay. Because that's fair. Trent on the left side, Dewan Jones on the right side. Like if that's it, but. I would rather, I'm very much on record, right? Soto, sign one, draft one. <laughs> I would much rather them, you know, add two. If that's the case, I'd rather sign on the right side because I think it's much easier to draft a left tackle. I also just, so I, I'm actually in on this right tackle free agency class because I think that what you do there is you get a guy that you don't necessarily need to coach up or touch too much, right? And then you don't have to worry about developing both how, sides. How much you need to coach up DeJuan Jones? I think that at least he's a rookie that's going to have to learn something. Okay, all right, right? let me add like, this. It's not like he's... If it's not Dewan Jones, yes. just pay a guy at that point. Okay. So I guess my answer is unless it's Dewan Jones, so I'd, not, rather so, pay or, I'd rather pay so a right So you wouldn't tackle. draft like Darnell Wright from Tennessee? I would. I mean, I would, but I would rather pay Mike Yeah, McGlinchey. so I, I actually like the idea of paying the right tackle because, A, I think you get it for a little bit less. A little more value, yeah. Than the left tackle, and I still think it's a premium position. And then in the draft, you, maybe you go after an Anton Harrison. Maybe you go after uh, Trent Brown maybe holds the – the, the position as a bridge to uh, Jalen Duncan or a Bergeron or somebody like that that's more of a day two yeah. tackle option. So that that I, I'm all in on this right tackle class. I'd like to see them make a swing at right tackle. I would. I, I think that the guy that I would prefer them the most, uh, I'm really – I'm gravitating towards Jawan Taylor more I by the day. I am too. I just think he's younger. Uh, I think he checks a lot of boxes for them in terms of, uh, of uh, what they look for in tackles the one hang up that i have is that he's known to be a better pass blocker than a run blocker you got that backwards uh, no he's a better pass blocker really you think so yeah right. better pass blocker and if uh on the right side they typically go with the bulldozers the blocker, over there yeah. right so is that change up do they well, i don't like the idea of signing a guy to a huge contract and then flipping him yeah you can't do that you can't mess with can't them, do that right we, so, we just did that we saw how that right worked. so he's a right tackle and then I think I, left tackle, you do have Trent. Yep. And then you do maybe have Anton Harris and Jalen Duncan, like one of these guys that you don't need to put the pressure on that he needs to start right away. Well, that's that's where like a guy like Darnell Wright's interesting because do you draft – it's essentially what they did with Nate Solder. Yeah. Do you draft Darnell Wright as you because he can play both sides. Yeah, he has played both right. sides. Right. So do you draft Darnell Wright as your long-term left tackle, but he's also, if you need him to fill in on the right side in his rookie year, right. he can do that as well. 
Okay, but I think we're both. Is that Solder or Volmer? They did that with one of those guys. Uh, Solder. Solder played right. Solder played right. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Because Volmer got hurt. Volmer was the one who got hurt. I I think we're both, though, in pretty lockstep that we'd be pretty pleased if if they paid a right tackle in free agency or paid a tackle, I should say. I just don't love the idea of Orlando Brown because I think you're. Well, then if if they're not paying Orlando Brown, it's a right tackle. Right, and that's why I'm in on the right tackle. Unless you're like super in on Donovan Smith. Because I think that they're going to have to pay through the roof for Orlando Brown because he's by far and away the best left tackle in free agency in a free agency that's not stocked with left tackle. Who do you have second, Isaiah Winner or Donovan Smith? Or I guess Taylor Lewan, we can throw him in there. I think Donovan. The problem that I have with Donovan Smith and Taylor Lewan is you already have Trent Brown. So if you're if you're going with a guy that's going to be holding down the position for a year or two, like don't you already right. have that guy on the roster that's been in the system that's been in the program? Well, I guess the, the idea is you can save seven million if you cut Trent Brown if you can turn it into a net gain financially. I still think that I don't maybe not Lewan, but I still think Donovan Smith is going to get some money. I think he is too. I, I'm yeah. just asking. I'm just asking. Yeah, if you. But, and I also just kind of wanted to illustrate that after Orlando Brown, that's the next group is yeah. Donovan Smith, Taylor Lewan, and Isaiah Wynn. Right now, PFF yeah. is Isaiah Wynn. is the second best left tackle in free agency. Jeez. If you want to sell me on— He's going to get, what, what was the tweet, like at least $5 million or yeah. something, whatever that tweet If was. you want to sell me on, we're going to sign Donovan Smith in free agency, yeah. we're going to flip Trent back to right tackle— and then we're going to draft the tackle, and whoever that tackle lands is where he lands, left mm-hmm. or right. I'm I'm okay with that. Like, let's say maybe it's it's a, guy, a left tackle that you're drafting, and you're thinking, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bridge that gap with Donovan Smith, so he doesn't have to play as a rookie, you know. Right. Or you can say the same thing about the right side with Trent. All right, last free agency question here. Then we'll get to our downs from the combine. Who is the Stephon Gilmore like splash that you could see the Patriots making because they have the a very similar cap situation yeah. as that 20 what was that 2017 off season right uh, going into it with, no wasn't with, it 18 was it 18 or 17 oh no it was 17 17, it was 17. Yeah. they have a very similar cap situation where i think that they can make one big swing on a free agent at some point like a stefan gilmore yeah a day one free agent type uh who who's the guy in this class that you could see them doing that so on? i think it's either mike mcglinchey yeah. We just talked about, or Jesse Bates. Okay. I could see them, especially if Devin retires, just throwing a bag at a safety. And maybe it's yeah. Jordan Poyer. Like, I, I I should say position because it's interesting. The two positions, I think they do that tackle and safety. Yeah. They're they're going to have options, right? McGlinchey, yeah. Taylor at right tackle, even Caleb McGarry if you yeah. want to throw him in there. And then at safety, Jesse Bates, Vaughn Bell, Jordan Poyer. I like Juan Thornhill for them, Juan too. Juan Thornton would be another guy, right? So it somebody at one of those positions and this is me not really answering the question again welcome to the show but somebody at one of those two positions. so I, I don't mind safety because i think that that's probably a pretty good uh market value like i don't think you're gonna have to give a safety 20 million dollars a year and honestly right? i also just don't love putting a rookie safety in that spot if yeah, Devin leaves. i think that's a massive ask yeah if Devin ends up retiring i'm all with you on jesse bates i think that that yeah. would be the guy that they go after but i i'm Is that I'm, would that mean we get to have trags on the show yeah absolutely love it i i love tremaine edmonds for them too okay i'm i'm in on tremaine edmonds i think the best part about them going after a guy like Tremaine. First of all, it gives you that second-level defender that they have sort of tried to get but have never really I mean, all, gone all I'm in I'm also on. all for just stealing players from the Bills. And that. And it's yeah. the Stephon Gilmore's comp- like, comparisons or parallels are well, just it's, all over the it's place. It's going to be the one. same thing because then Bills fans have to pretend they never said the player was good, even right. though they did. So Tremaine Edmonds has been good for Buffalo. 
I don't. I think that there's another level that he can reach. I think that's fair. Maybe Bill Belichick gets it out of him, which would be just a, a cherry on top to the yeah. fact that you have Jermaine Edmonds. We've all wanted that second level athletic linebacker, right? And he brings that to the table. And I love the idea of pairing him with Jawan Bentley. Oh yeah, because Jawan Bentley is just your your lunch pail guy, right? He's just a, a do your job, fill the gap, and hit people type of mold. Tremaine Edmonds now is free to just fly around, right? Like, don't worry about, uh, you know, our numbers in the box. Don't worry about the fit. Don't worry about any, like, just see ball, get ball. Because Juwan Bentley is going to be the guy that's going to be in the right spot right. every single time. So I love that pairing uh, with each other. And I, I just think that if you look at where he was drafted, early draft pick, great size, great athleticism, plays one of those Belichick positions that I still think he believes in is important yeah. middle linebacker, even though it's devalued across the league. And maybe because it is a little bit devalued across the league, you're not looking at $20 million a year for Tremaine Edmonds. Maybe he comes in closer to 15 or $16 million a year. I'm all, I'm all for that move. I, I like the Jesse Bates one too, though, if that ends up being the case with Devin. Let me ask you about one more free agent because there's actually a lot of people talking about him in the chat right now. And it was I, I was interested when I saw this this morning. Braxton yeah. Berrios just got cut by the Jets. Yeah, look, I, I think he's not the answer. He's not the guy yeah. that, that you bring in to solve all your problems. But if he ends up being here in camp next summer yeah. and he's competing for one of those back end of the roster receiver spots, he can contribute in the kicking game. He can sort of back up Marcus Jones. Like maybe, you know, you don't want Marcus Jones returning every single kickoff, right? Because right. he's he's burnt out a little bit. You throw him back there every couple of, of tries as well. And he maybe evolves into that slot receiver. The Jets thought he was going to be. Yeah. The Jets paid him, you know, to, to, to be that, that guy. How so, would yeah, you like feel it. if he was the Jacoby Myers replacement? If they went out, traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and then signed Braxton Berrios? Sure. I'm for it. I mean, I would probably rather them try to go with a little bit more upside and, and draft somebody. All right, well, and then maybe they take it. like Demario Douglas in the sixth yeah, or seventh round. Yeah, no, I'm all I'm all for Braxton Berrios coming okay. back. How about you? Yeah, I, I I think that he probably had some untapped potential in New York. I think it's tough to grade any of those wide receivers because Zach Wilson was such a mess. Yeah, I actually think there's some untapped potential there. He's a guy I, I wouldn't. I'd want it to be incentive heavy if they yeah. paid him, but like I wouldn't be afraid to maybe you know go to the bargaining, uh, go to the uh, um, negotiating table with him a little bit. Yeah, I so Braxton Barrios too. When they drafted Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson plays like the Z, plays a little bit of inside, right, a little bit yeah, of outside. Yeah. So I think there was some overlap there Definitely too. And then overlap. if you're going to plan on keeping Elijah Moore happy and in the building, right. there's some even more overlap with a guy like Elijah Moore. So I think he ended up just being phased out more than anything by those two right. guys. And I think he can still play in the league. I think he's a little bit better than than you know the Gunnar Oshevsky's on offense. I think he can actually contribute to your offense a little bit at receiver. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad move at all. It's a depth. I let's call it a, a insurance policy to Jacoby Myers, right? If you if you don't resign Jacoby, all right. Three uh three down. We're gonna yeah. wrap it up here. Back to the combine. All, a little bit all over the place, but we got we got the the plane landed here. Uh, three down uh, from the combine. I mentioned it earlier. I went all receivers. Oh, boy. Okay. All receivers. Three down, all receivers. The biggest one that we have to talk about, Jordan Addison, who I- Future Pittsburgh Steeler Jordan Addison. I still like to a degree in the second round. Like, if he's there at 46, I think you definitely take it, right? And assuming you don't take a receiver in the first round, of course. Yeah. 
but he tested like a very, very mediocre athlete. And then when you watch him play, especially at USC, I don't know if there's another gear on the film either, right? Like, I don't think that this is a guy I, I remember writing in my notes when I was uh, watching him that he, he doesn't have breakaway speed necessarily. He's not a, a true burner. He ran a four, four, nine. It was better than the, the, the second run was better than the first run, right? I think the yeah. first run came in in the four, five. I think it was like four, five, two or something. Yeah. Four, five, three. Yeah. And then the second run was a little bit quicker. I just I don't think that Jordan Addison is in the conversation with the 14th overall pick anymore. I think he's at earliest going to be a guy that starts maybe around the 25th pick of the first round. I, I no longer am taking him at 14. I uh, look at the Ravens at 22 if they bring Lamar back. I think that's probably okay. like the earliest spot for him. But I think there is an argument now between him and Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, if that's what you're looking for, so that could push him down. Okay, um, so well, Jalen Hyatt's on my list too. So all uh, right, we might disagree on that one. All right, uh, second one, Jalen Hyatt. So to be fair, I'll go. Let's go. Let's just second one is Jalen Hyatt. No, a, a, a big part of his overall evaluation is production. Yeah. So that doesn't change at the combine. Didn't change at the combine. I still think that I trust him. As you do a, not like Jalen. Don't like him at all. I, I still trust him as a guy to take the top off. I'm gonna call you blasting Rocky Top if the Patriots draft Jalen Hyatt. 4-4 four, four for a burner, for a, your vertical take-the-top-off-the-defense threat. I can't have that. At least Tyquan ran a 4-2-8. Like, you know, like at least Tyquan's got that got, got track speed. Like, Jalen yeah. Hyatt's got above-average NFL speed for a receiver. He's right there with uh, Zay Flowers. You know, 4-4 four, four is not – that's not legitimate, like, oh, God, you know, type of speed, right? right. Like, that's just – above average NFL speed with the route running concerns I've had about him with the translation to the NFL game that I've had from going from that offense in Tennessee, which is like basically like gimmicky Madden stuff. You go to that, you run a four, four, you come in at like, what was he like 185 pounds, something like that. I'm just all out on him. I'm all out. I've been all out the whole time. And the fact that he didn't run fast, I'm even more all out. That's fair. The last one is going to hurt you a little bit. I know. Bit. It, well, I, I think we have overlap here. It's fair. It's fair. He did not have a good combine. So, Keishon Butte. Oh, no, that's not who it was. Oh. But that's it, – it's not inaccurate, but that's not who I was thinking. Keishon Butte, like, might be a UDFA after yeah, the combine. He, yeah, uh, he's, off, he's off my board. He's off he's the board. He's off my board. Horrible testing. That's, what we, that's why we do the combine. Horrible testing. Obviously had the issues off the field yeah. at the end of his LSU tenure. Even came in undersized. Came in under I, – I think he's – he might be a UDFA. I don't think he's going to fall that far because I think a team will just look at the LSU pedigree at wide receiver and say on day three we'll take a shot. Yeah, maybe he's a day three guy. He, sure. He's going to get drafted, but yeah, I, so much for my master plan of getting him at 46. Yeah, no, that was that's long gone. All uh, right, who are you guys? So I thought you were going to say Tank Dell, who's yeah. another guy I'm yeah, a fan of. Um, really did not uh, pop the way I wanted him to. We knew he was going to come in small, 5'8", 165, but a four four nine. Didn't run any of the agility drills, which isn't super encouraging. Yeah. Um, I And considering some other slot guys tested much better than I expected them to, Charlie Jones or Kim Jarrett, yeah. who are in that same range. Right. right. Again, it's that sorting out thing. Yeah. At Tank Dell, you know, I had Tank Dell above them coming in. I now moved him down below them and, and below some other guys too. So I thought Tank Dell didn't have a great showing. The other two, and Evan, you know this kills me because it's been two years for me with both of these guys. Uh-oh. 
DeMarvian Overshone and yeah. Henry Tooto. Yeah. <laughs> I look, I, I still think they're good players. I still think they have a chance in the NFL, but you watch both players it, it, Overshone specifically. You watch Overshone on tape and his athleticism, his explosiveness looks like his carrying trait. And he didn't have bad numbers, but I thought he was gonna test like in that upper percentile. The right. NFL.com does like a collective athleticism score. They had yeah. him as the 11th best linebacker Ugh. out of like 20-something, which isn't bad, but it's not what – I, I expect him to be in the top five. Right. right? He's a guy you thought was going to come out, jump through the roof, you know, crush the 40, all of that. Toe, Toe came in 16th at linebacker, ran a 4-6-2. Now, I would call his athleticism his second trait. I still think his football IQ – is what I really like. But, you know, a guy who I thought maybe at 46 now I think is more in that third-round conversation, especially when you had some guys like, you know, I, I had them, you know, Toe, Toe, and uh, Overshone, like one group above guys like Servasier Dennis, Owen Papo. Yeah. Now, Owen Papo had a great Owen, Right. Five. Now I'm thinking I like maybe I flipped that. Yeah. So, although uh, Anthony Orgy, a guy we like, also had a good combine. Yeah. He had a good combine. Maybe he moves into that. The group. only guy that I that I came away really liking from this linebacker class is Jack Campbell. I, the rest of them I just can do without. Like, I, I, not I, Trenton Simpson? I'm not a big Trenton Simpson guy, but from what. Like everybody else seemed very impressed. I thought he was yeah, fine. Just talking to some people in India, just that uh, that know a little bit more college football than me, like yourself. He he switched positions, I guess, yes. at Clemson. So yes. his his last year at because that was my biggest thing was I was like uh, he looks he looks tentative. He looks a little bit of a, a step slow. Like his instincts to just like let it loose, right? Because I know he's athletic. But his instincts to just kind of hit the trigger and go uh, just weren't exactly there. And I, I think maybe it had to do with the position switch. Like maybe that's why he wasn't quite as uh, instinctive on film from his last year. So maybe if they draft him, I got to go and look at the, the – so was that the sophomore tape? Yeah. Or? To be fair, there is something to be said for the position change guys that they have more upside. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a glass half full, glass half empty. They are going to be more raw – because of course they are. They haven't played the position as much, but the idea is if he's at this point having played the position for a year and, and he's this far along compared to guys who have played it their whole lives, all right, maybe there's some room to grow. Right. Just, so it, he, it's how you want to look at it. So the year before, if I if I have this correct, the year before I believe he played the mic and then last year he played more of that overhang slot type yeah. weak side linebacker type of role. Uh, so he's a little bit more in space last year, which – We'll see how that ends up translating. I, but Jack Campbell's the one guy that I feel like checks all, every box in terms of linebacker play, athletic, big, can move around, can instinctive see that player. Athletic, though? He, he tested really well. I, maybe I got to go back and watch. He doesn't like I call him explosive, but not athletic. Yeah, he tested really well. He tested really well in the agilities too. So like Chase Leo Chanel, but better the, agility. Comp? Okay. Yeah, not maybe not as like missily, you know, in a straight line, yeah. but uh, but similar to that. Henry Toto, though, I standing uh, with him at the podium. I talked to him a little bit in the interview. He's he's pretty small too. On top of it, you know, he he didn't. Stand out. Came in six one two twenty seven. I thought he'd be bigger than that. That's another thing. Yeah, he did not exactly fill out the the old sweatshirt. I mean, again, the idea with him is that 
That's a draftism right there. Didn't fill out the sweatshirt. Didn't, didn't fill out the whole sweatshirt. I think the idea with Henry Toe is you're Noble. trying to get the guy like Cam McGrone, Mac Wilson, yeah. Raekwon McMillan. It's another yeah. shot at that player. You're yeah. not drafting him to be big, but I thought he'd come in at least 230. I think Overshone did. He came in at 229. He's 6'3", yeah. but he came in at 229. Yeah, so this linebacker class, not great. Not a great linebacker class, but that's okay. I don't think the Patriots are going to be too – all over linebackers. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they maybe they pivot, right? Maybe they zig where everybody else zags and right. everybody says, oh, it's a bad linebacker class and they end up getting linebacker one in the third round and they feel great about it. I don't know. But it, it, this linebacker class doesn't exactly pop for me. But there's our three up, three down. Some free agency thoughts. Alex and I will be back on, a week from today on Thursday. We'll be one day into the official free agency and an three or four days into the start of the legal tampering period. Uh, so I'm excited for next Thursday because we should have some real concrete news oh, about yeah. some of the guys that they've added uh, by that point. So we'll come back to you next Thursday, all free agency for a week. We'll put the draft stuff a little bit on the back burner. I know that's going to kill us, but we're going to do it. <laughs> and we're going to talk free agency next week. Uh, but until then, signing off for Alex Barth, I'm Evan Lazar. See you next time. Listen to us next time. YouTube, Patriots.com. Go land the plank. Wherever you want to get your podcast. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.